Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. As always, your host with me, also as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano Oliveira, como é que é, amigo? Como é que é, Alfredo? How are you doing today, brother? Doing well, doing well. Happy that the international break is here, but uh, anxious to see <laughs> Benfica play again. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's, it's very solemn that we come on here and we're happy that, it, that, that an international break is upon us. And, and I think... This international break came at the right time, at the exact time we needed this breather because the way our club's been playing of late, uh, I'd be surprised if they wouldn't give up three goals in this international break. So let's hope that these guys get a rest. I know we do have a bunch of guys that have been called up for international duty. But again, Alfredo, I I'm actually, for the first time in a long time, happy that we are heading towards an international break. Yeah, that's right. Dave de Oliveira is not here tonight. He's feeling a little bit of, uh, under the weather, and perhaps it's the, the Benfica dark cloud or the dark cloud that is, has fallen upon uh, Benfica, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but I uh, hope uh, Dave feels well, uh, as always, and uh, he should be back uh, when we come back next. So um, on tonight's podcast, we're going to be uh, recapping the two games. We don't have a, a game until the 21st of November. Uh, so no need to uh, preview that game. So Rangers uh, match day three of the Europa League uh, came into Stade Luz. Uh, we'll recap that. And also uh, the big game over the weekend, uh, the two teams involved in Europa League uh, matches, uh, Braga and Benfica, uh, played um, and, and quite a game it was. But uh, let's not get our, uh, ahead of ourselves. Let's let's talk about this Rangers game, and I'll, we'll start with the lineup. Vlakodimus, uh, Gonçalves, Otamendi, Vertonghen, and Tavares, uh, Weigel and Tarapt, uh, Rafa on one side, Everton on the other, Pizzi and Seferovic. Um, Cristiano, clear intent here to uh, to rest uh, Walshmit and rest Darwin. Obviously, Darwin was a guy that uh, JJ had been saying uh, needed a rest. 
Uh, and he did say uh, at the end of the game that uh, von, von Walt Schmidt and Darwin von Stark Mabala for Sunday. For no, that was, after that, that was after that game. Yeah, it was it was after the Rangers game that he yeah, said well, that those guys came in a little bit later. But as we talked about with the previous encounter going to Bovista and and, I, you know, I think we touched on it last week when, when I said that I thought his intentions going into that weekend would be that he would rest some of these key guys. But once Porto dropped some points, he's like, look, uh, scratch that. We're going to field our strongest 11. And and I don't think his intention going into the weekend was to play Darwin and Lucas of the world. But once that result came uh, came to be, I thought he changed his, his, his tactics. And so this was an opportunity to once again rest his guys uh, playing at home against the Rangers team that had been playing pretty well in the Scottish Premier League. And look, to his credit, things started well. Rafa gets on the score sheet for two of this bounce, uh, gets into the box, crosses it back, goes off. Uh, uh, I forget the defender's name, but it basically converts, you know, an own goal. But if he could take an early lead, about a minute and five or 10 seconds, whatever it was into the game. And, you know, all right, we're, we're looking smooth. We're looking yeah. smooth. We're resting, resting our $200 million man. We're resting our, the, our, our, our German sniper. You know, things are going to stay the lose. Should be a nice, comfortable afternoon. Got then, a crowd. And then, and then in total, Benfica. Uh, <laughs> no, no crowd. Sorry. And what we've expected uh, to see of 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 our Benfica lately, uh, obviously the wheels uh, came off uh, just a few minutes later. Yeah, everything came off uh, off the the rails after the Otamendi um, ejection. Uh, so a ball pumped behind Benfica's defense. Um, the angle that we had, uh, at least that I watched, and I've watched several replays, uh, it wasn't really clear uh, clear enough to to say whether the guy was uh, offside or not. The point of the matter is that when the camera panned to the play, he was ahead. Otamendi, perhaps in in a play that he p- gets away nine out of ten times if when he played for Porto, a uh, couple hands on his back, nothing like. Too forceful, but certainly some contact to throw him off. And I think that the Glasgow Rangers player is also smart, right? Because he crosses in front of Otamendi as he's getting to the ball. So he's saying, well, I got position on the ball. If you want to get the ball, either you have to pull me down or you have to go through me. Either way, it's going to be a foul and I'm going to be one-on-one with the keeper. Otamendi, a couple balls, a couple of hands on, on his back, got called up. Uh, that called out and got the red card uh, for denying uh, an obvious little obvious goal scoring opportunity. Uh, and then after that, I, I think that uh, things just uh, just fell apart for Benfica. Look, a, a couple of things. And I know you're going to continue, but how stupid you can get right back to it. Alfredo. How stupid is it? OK, that you don't have VAR in Europa League. You come up with all this VAR crap all across every freaking country. You have all this pop, 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 all this controversy, all this. Some people are excited, whatever it may be. And then you don't have VAR in a European competition. This is not the Tasa de Cerveja in Portugal, which, okay, if that happened, you, you kind of expect it at this point, right? But yeah. in the Europa League, I mean, come on, Alfredo. That is, that, that's a goddamn joke. That's a yeah. goddamn joke. It's a bad job on UEFA's part. Um, and, and I thought if there was VAR, okay, it's still a foul. Uh, minimal contact or a lot of contact. At the end of the day, it was enough to get him off balance. Smart on his part to get in the way. But look, that's what any of us would do. But there was contact. And if you whistle that foul, you have no choice but to give the red card. But in my honest opinion, I'm not being Benfica. I'm just, you know, again, I, I would like to have seen the intervention of VAR because I think there's a slight possibility that 
the player was offsides on that play. Right as he starts to run, yeah. as, as the, there's a slight chance we can't see, but the fact that there's doubt there, right, it leads to the question of where the, where the hell was VAR? And if we had VAR and that's called offsides, there is no foul, therefore there's no red card, and it's a whole new ball game, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't care who you are. Once you get a red card, it's going to affect your play, and it affected Benfica drastically. Yeah, no, look, I agree. I mean, it's something that needs to be reviewable. And and as you mentioned, I mean, this is Europa League. This is not the Intertoto, uh, right? Or this is not the Tasa de Cerveza or Tasa de Liga, whatever it is. I mean, this, this is, uh, this is uh, UEFA run competition that involves millions. I know that it's not Champions League millions, but still involves millions. Uh, and I think that for, for the sake of, of, of honesty, and now that VAR is predominant, and throughout the world and throughout many, many leagues in the world, I think it's only fair that you have it. Look, if it's offside, it's offside. If it's not offside, the, the play continues, the foul occurs, whatever. But still, I think that the UEFA owes the fans or the viewers that benefited the doubt, right? Bro, you can scratch it everywhere or you have it everywhere. Right. It's that simple. You can't, I mean, it's not like you could tell me, you know, we're playing in the stadium over there in uh uh, Moreira Corning was like the stadium is now the capable. I mean, we're playing that stadium to lose a five star yeah. stadium. You have all the capabilities. I just don't understand what the harm would be in having and and having VAR. And again, look, he might have he might have you know very well been on side. Nobody's disputing that, but there's a doubt there. And again, this is a play that changed the whole game for Benfica. Okay, it, it put Benfica on their head. All of a sudden, they had to be on their back foot defending. And if 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 there is the possibility that there is an offsides, and it is an offsides. We're talking about a totally different game here. Instead, Benfica goes down 1-0, and then it was just defend, defend, try to counter. And, and credit to credit to Rangers. They did yeah. what they had to do. Um, most of the times we've seen Benfica playing a Tassa, uh, a Tassa game against against Porto. We go down a man, and it's as if Porto uh, – I mean, we go up a man. Porto goes down a man, and it's as if they get the – you know, Benfica gets the red card, and Porto's all over us, even though they're down a man. So yeah. Rangers did what they had to do. They took control of the game. And it just became one of those passive games. Once again, with Benfica Matador uh, defending. Ole! You know, we've seen from, from the Nun Tavares of the world, from the super, super contratação in the summer, Gilberto. The guy's phenomenal at defending. Um, it just, it's, you know, uh, well, that was later on. That was, that was actually in the second half. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting carried away here. Uh, but either way, guys, it just, it just became a very passive game. Benfica then, obviously, um, Rangers don't tie the game. On that, on that Sid free kick that 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 you know turns out to be a red card. But a few minutes later, they get the ball into the box and Dio Gonzalez, who, who's adapted to playing at right back, phenomenal finish. I gotta give him credit for that. You know, uh, with his off foot, lefty off upper foot. ninety, burn it top shelf. I mean, fantastic finish. But unfortunately, he was in the wrong goal. But you know what? You can't complain because you got a fortuitous bounce on the other side. So things were really level at that point, with the exception of 10 versus 11. But it's like, you know, you got an own goal. We got an own goal. Hey, man, we're square. Let's go back. And then <laughs> so, um, you know, yes. Oh, yeah. no, no, look, you got a situation where uh, Tavares is horrible defending that ball. He completely forgets his men. Uh, his man gets behind the defense. Puts a well-driven ball on the ground across the, the 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 goal, and certainly Tavares has the best intentions. This is intentions just to get a foot on that ball and get that ball out of there. Uh, Gonçalves. 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 Sorry, what, what did I say, Tavares? 
Yeah, Tavares would have loved to get a foot on the ball. <laughs> yeah. So first one to get his foot on the you ball. You know, it's the, it's it's really unfortunate. You know, it is his main intention is to get a foot on the ball, get that ball out of there, and unfortunately, it hits the outside of his boot, uh, his boot, and goes right into the uh, into the net. You know, Lacodemus didn't even move. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. But and then and then after that, I think that uh, that Rangers grew uh, grew confident. Uh, Rangers knew how to move the ball and knew. Uh, to uh, to exploit Benfica's uh, uh, weak spots and, the, and Benfica's weak spots uh, were definitely on on the flanks, um, and they were uh, you know in the 24th minute uh, tied the goal, uh, tied the, the game. In the 25th minute, uh, they go up two uh, one with uh, again Benfica's defensive line being way uh, too passive and and allowing a, a free shot and. Um, I don't know if Lacodemus saw that late or not, but he gets beaten and at the near post, and that's not something that that should happen. Anytime uh, you get beat near post, it's your fault as a goalkeeper. Right. I'm sorry. So I don't know if he saw that late, but still, there, there's some there's some passiveness there from Gonçalves, who doesn't attack the ball. Uh, Weigel is kind of caught in between making a decision whether to cover the guy that's making a run on the outside or attacking the ball. Uh, so it was all too passive. Rangers score. It was all too easy uh, uh, for Rangers. So Rangers go into the half leading 2-1. And certainly they're very happy with this result coming to Lisbon, playing a uh, 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 Benfica team that has been doing very well in the league, that has been doing super well uh, in the Europa League. And Rangers Rangers are happy at this point. Playing against 10 men, they felt that they could manage this game. Came out uh, for the second half. JJ makes a couple subs. Gilberto came in for Gonçalves. Grimaldo came in for, for Tavares. But, but here's my question, right? Especially on, on Grimaldo. Um if Grimaldo's fit to play 45 minutes, why not play him the first 45 minutes? To make sure that you're shoring up your defense. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, Alfredo, um, <laughs> I mean, look, man, uh, how, do, how do I put this? You guys all know where where I stand with JJ. Um, I was ecstatic that he was coming back to Benfica. I thought he was the coach that we needed. Uh but he's, he's definitely done some some decisions here. Um, you could say really from the first game against Bawalk to, to, to recently, it, it, it leaves you scratching your head. Um, don't know if it's uh, if it's uh, what was I going to say? If it's outside interference, if people are getting in his head, I, I really don't know what it is. But it's just something that we're not accustomed to seeing JJ making these dumb mistakes. I know some of you guys will go back to say you know. Before he left the first time, and you know, he, you know, this is why he left. He was he was making these head scratches, but I, I just expected him to to be a lot better. Um, and he obviously has not been that. He, he's definitely uh, not made me look good here on the podcast. Yeah, and and look, I, I think that um, you can make an argument that it's a new team. There's a lot of new players, but, but certainly we've already seen uh, a touch on this team by, by JJ and the style and in the, the pressing uh, it, we've seen attractive football from this team. Uh, so I don't think that growing pains is perhaps an argument that you should be uh, holding on to despite being a logical explanation. But the fact that we've already seen uh, a Benfica at a very good level at this point of the season, which is very early on, it kind of leaves me to, scratch my head that there's all these weaknesses and all these uh, uh, 
chinks in your armor that you're getting exposed and teams that are well coached are exposing you and teams that have okay players or a little bit above average players are able to capitalize on your mistakes. And I think that when you look at what JJ has done over the past, over these past three games, he has allowed nine goals. And there was, there was something that JJ was always known for was for the, the solidity that he provides uh, as, as defense with, or as teams have a very good defense and always always present themselves well, don't allow a lot of goals. So, so it's kind of surprising that at this point, in three three games, these last three games, nine goals allowed by JJ. Well, so something has I, to change. I think I think that's that's one of the things he's actually been pointing to. One of his excuses is that you know he hasn't had the time to to train because obviously these guys are playing every three days and you know, and so it's it's about recuperating players, getting them ready enough rest and getting them ready to play the next game. He hasn't spent a lot of time with the with these guys on the field and then you know the training grounds. And so when you go over those stats just like you did now, right? It it kind of gives that argument validity because as you said, that's unlike JJ. Say what you want about J.J. You might not like him, but he, he, it's not normal for his teams to give up nine goals in three games. It's just something that doesn't happen on the J.J. And so it kind of gives us some validity. You don't want to give him a pass because obviously, you know, the guy was brought in here, spent all sorts of money, spent all sorts of money on new players. But the fact of the matter is that this team is just, even though you spent near, um, not near, but yeah, I guess near, right? 100 million euros, which is a record by any Benfica team um, in, in, in new acquisitions. It still needs time. The players still need time to adapt. The team still needs time to gel, to get, to understand the coaching staff, to understand JJ's demanding tactics. And the fact of the matter is that this COVID situation is not helping any. But again, as much as I want to give the guy a pass, every other team's going through similar situations. And mm-hmm. the fact is that you come into the lose, um, and these teams are exposing us. As you mentioned, anybody with any type of scouting department with an adequate coach is, you know, understanding how to get around JJ's system and is understanding how to take advantage of those situations. And it's just right now, it's not good. And when things for Benfica don't go good, man, they, they just tend to to fall off the cliff. And that's and, and I don't know if that's 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 just a JJ thing. Or if, or if that's just a Benfica thing, because I mean, if you go back and Lodge and even Vitória, when things start going bad, there's no stopping, and they start to spiral out of control. They usually do, um, and so right now, uh, very very unfortunate for Benfica to be down two to one. Because again, I think that the red card it, it affected the game a little bit, but nonetheless, uh, they got outplayed. Going to the half, as you mentioned, they make he makes two substitutions. Alfredo brings in Gilberto for the own goal solves, who had a miserable first half with first with that own goal, and then obviously being involved in the second goal. And then Grimaldo comes in for Nuno Tavares. Grimaldo kind of changes the game, but a few minutes later, a few minutes into to the second half, again, uh Grimaldo ball watching PZ, you know, chilling. Uh was it PZ that was chilling or was yeah. that yeah. the game? No, it was PZ. No, PZ was against Braga. No, I don't know. We, I, I, we we actually watched the 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 highlights uh, before we came on the air, and we were just dissecting some Braga, No, no, Braga. no, no. You're right. You might have, no the the goal. Um, it was Grimaldo that was caught in no man's land. The ball gets put in the wing. The ball gets then crossed the uh, uh, across the the goal, yeah. and, and, and and Gilberto is, stands there with his open legs. Gilberto's trying to do one of those uh, gymnastic splits rather than tracking his man into the into the back post. And again, Benfica goes down three to one. Things aren't looking well. Um 
They're lucky not to go down 4-1. Some way, somehow, this is the thing that, that to me is, is, I don't want to call it impressive, but what I expect, right? I know the haters don't expect this, but this is the frustrating part to me because I expect this. JJ identifies the problem. Unlike what we've seen with our previous two coaches, for you guys that listen to the Bifiga podcast, know how much we scream and holler about that here on a podcast, which was what the hell is our coaching staff doing at the halftime? Because we always go into the half, you know, with the upper foot and then we come out and it's as if nothing changes and the other teams absolutely come in and demolish us in the second half. At least JJ, to his credit, he identifies what the problem is, right? Brings in Darwin Nunes, Luca Walshman. The game changes. Yeah. And again, as I said, frustrating, but a sign of some positive results here, some positive things, because at least this team didn't give up. And last year, we saw the team give up. This team fought to the very end. I don't know if it's just Darwin Nunez because of that never say die attitude. But at the end of the day, it was there was, you know, 10 other guys on the field with them and the team never quit. They got they were able to pull them back in the 77th minute. Uh, and then, you know, they got the late equalizer. So uh, it's frustrating because JJ makes those blunders and then he's able to rectify those mistakes. But again, in this game, I know a lot of people won't do it, but I'm kind of hesitant on blaming a coach because, a, 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 as I mentioned before, I don't care if you're Real Madrid. I don't care if you're Benfica of the 62, 65, whatever the team you want to go to. When you get a red card 20 minutes into the game, it's going to condition your team. It's going to yeah. condition your game. So, look, at the end of the day, I think the performance wasn't what we expected, wasn't what we all hoped for going into this game. But the result was fantastic when you consider you got a red card 20 minutes into the game and you were down 3-1 to one with 13 minutes to play. So there are some positives. Yeah. And I think that that is the the biggest positive was the team's reaction. And and certainly I don't know if uh, if Rangers after scoring three one and saying okay, well we're up three uh, one, playing against ten men, uh, and this was in you know in the fifty first minute. I don't know if at that point Rangers uh, relaxed, uh, if they kind of now gave the initiative to Benfica and Benfica really took uh, the spaces that were given. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Steven Gerrard said at the end of the game that we got no one to blame, but ourselves. Uh, so he, he was extremely disappointed uh, for, for the results that uh, he got, despite being a tie, which if somebody asked Steven Gerrard uh, in the beginning of the game or before the game, uh, if he would take a tie back to uh, Glasgow, I'm sure that he would have, uh, but certainly leading three, one against 10 men uh, with still, 40 minutes left in the game, he felt that his team could have done a better job in managing the result. But certainly, uh, yes, that that is probably the biggest positive uh, that I could take from this game is the fact that Benfica never quit. They were resilient. They came back uh, and they were able to uh, split the points with uh, with Rangers. But certainly, uh, this is a Benfica that's at, at their best. Uh, I don't think Rangers can even compete with, uh, with Benfica. But playing with 10 men and, and being exposed the way we were, uh, you know, we're ripe for the taking. And an important point as well, Alfredo, a point that for now, as things stand, keeps us top of the top of the group. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, obviously by the time we, you know, you, you, you tabble all the games and, 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 you know, you, you get through the group stage, 
and we'll see if this game was an important point or not. But again, uh, some positives, obviously some negatives as well. But there, there's a lot of positives to take from here. And I know we come on here most of the time when we're negative and we got plenty to be negative about in the next game that we're going to break down. So let, let's try to get out of this one with, with, with the positive spin. Uh, yeah. You know, they never quit. Uh, glad to 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 get the law to get the, the well, I felt like a loss, but to get the draw in the end, because you obviously uh, no matter how bad things are, I, I, I'd always take a draw over a defeat. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Top of the group, as you mentioned, because of the goal differential versus uh, versus uh, Rangers, of course, we have more goals scored. Uh, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, uh, the the least of of the worst that we could have that we could have gotten. So salvage a point there. So, so great. Um, so next up for Benfica was a game against Braga Braga, who had also played on Thursday versus Leicester and they got pretty uh, beat up uh, in, uh, in England. Uh, so I, I always going into this game, I, I kind of felt that the, the Braga strategy was going to be uh, to just hold uh, their defensive shape. And then perhaps in the second half, be able to expose Benfica because, after all, Benfica played with 10 men. Benfica chased the result. So probably Benfica has more tired legs at as we get into the last 30, 20 minutes of, of the second half. And I felt that that was uh, what Braga's plan was. But let, let's before we get into Braga's plan, let's get into... Um, the 11th that JJ fielded, Vlacodimu, Gilberto, Otamendi, Vertonghen, and Tavares, uh, Samaris and Pizzi, Rafa on one side, Everton on the other, Waldschmidt and Darwin uh, were the starters. And so looking at the, this this lineup, and, and certainly I had tweeted out that um, Samaris' best years were six years ago under JJ. I really felt that at that point he was playing well. Ever since J JJ left, he has not played well. He had a stretch with Lodge towards the end of the season where uh, he played with uh, what I want to say Gabriel. Uh, that he was he was pretty decent. But you have a somebody who's been who has not started a game this year, who has not played uh, uh, this year, or maybe if he has, he probably played some minutes. But a game of this importance, you got Weigel, not to mention you also have a Gabriel that you rested against Rangers ready to go. And Samaris is the one guy that you pick to play in that midfield. That That's where I question it. Everything, you can make a case for uh, everything's burnt out. He could have deserved. He could have sat the bench to to get a rest. But certainly, he is your money player, and on money games, your money players have to play. So I could understand that, um, but I really don't get this Samadish Pizzi. And, and you guys know how I feel about about Pizzi playing in this midfield. Uh, but uh, it's just I just didn't get this Samadish uh, Samadish choice. Cristiano, any logic for you on this Samadish choice, bro? Bro, do. <laughs> For those of you listening to me, if you could podcast, I don't think it surprises anyone that, you know, I, when I tell you I'm not happy with, with the combination of PZ and somebody starting in the middle. I mean, I thought that was that was asinine. When I saw this lineup, I, I, I couldn't help but chuckle. Um, uh, not surprised by the result because this is exactly what I expect. And I'm not trying to sound like Nostradamus here, but again, this is what else do you expect from seeing a lineup like this? I, I look at this lineup and I instantly instantly see five players in the starting lineup who have no business being starters for Benfica and possibly even three guys in this lineup that have no business being on the roster. Which, uh, guy? Let's, let's, which guys? 
that's that's another part for another day. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think for those that have listened to me long enough, uh, uh, have an idea of of who I'm thinking exactly in my head. Um, but it, it's just it's asinine. I I think I think I mentioned it when we're talking about Rangers, and I'll mention it again. I feel as if I feel as if George Jesus is is allowing the outside noise to influence his decision making. I just because I've never quite understood um, how you go from one game, not not a game, but a, a month, two months, three months of a season. Um, and that happened with the previous coaching staffs with with guys like Zivkovic and, and guys like that. But I never understood how you go months into the season and never count on a player. And then all of a sudden you make a decision for drastic decision from one day to the next. That The guy not only coming from the stands, he's coming to be your starter. I just I don't understand that to me that that's that's just like that's noise from the outside. That's that's noise pollution. You're allowing others to influence your decision making. And and, and I mentioned it before. And I mentioned again, as much as I love JJ, man, this is this is just asinine in this part. Um, and, and again, if he didn't start off the game bad, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. But again, the defensive mistakes, uh, obviously the huge holes in the middle of the park. Uh, it, it, is anyone really surprised when you see what's happened on a game like this? Anyone really surprised that Benfica had those those, those weaknesses, right? The the, the 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 deficiencies in certain areas of the field with these guys on the field. Now, my thing is this, Alfredo. It's one thing when Benfica plays wall in two weeks, but it's right. They play the wall in two weeks uh, for the Tassos. Right. When they play walls in a couple of weeks, it's one thing to test the Samadis and PZ tandem against those guys. It's one thing to test. And no disrespect against these teams, but for instance, of the world, the Santa Clara's, Dondela's even. But against a team like Sporting Braga, a team that is going to be one of your direct competitors. OK, it's just it, 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 it makes no sense. Um, and I mentioned on the last podcast, and we, we had a situation, and I was hoping I was hoping it would not uh, come to be true. Which was, you recall last year we went into the the Ladron, the Dragon, with the opportunity to go up ten points on, on on our main rivals. We lose that game, so we go from seven instead of going up ten, we go to four points. The very next week we play who? Braga. We lost. Now it gets to one point, and all of a sudden, the wheels start spinning out of control, and we were it's too late. We could never get control of that bus, and it spun out. Uh, it spun out of control, came off of a hill over there in the, in the Serra da Estrela, and they're still yet to find that bus, okay? <clears throat> and obviously, you've seen the drastic changes, new coaching staff, new players. And again, we had a very similar situation. Benfica just last week has a golden opportunity to go up eight points on who we all expect to be your your main rival for 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 the Liga North title, right? They were already one point behind Sporting. Sporting with the win the day before was technically four points ahead of Benfica going into this game against Sporting Braga for Benfica. And then you you, you come out here and, and you want to reinvent the wheel. And this shit is one the bed. Thing, this is one of the things that that it's not shit the bed because to me this was all coaching. A thing that pisses me off is when I speak to the Braga haters is, you know, they always want to throw the examples of JJ get Gosta de Inventar, David Luiz at Fisiskirto, and Bernardo Silva at Fisiskirto, and this and that. And, the, and, and that argument annoys the, the crap out of me. But then in a the game like this, I totally understand. I see it because here I am saying that he was trying to invent. I mean, because to me, this makes absolutely no sense. PZ, Andreas, somebody's in the middle, a guy that, that, that hasn't got regular playing time in two seasons now. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, he's starting in a very important game, a game that Benfica absolutely has to win. Come on, bro. Yeah, no, look, I, I was on the uh, Benfica Independent Rescaldo, which uh, we, we, they have that, or we have that every uh, every game, after every game, right after the game, they come out really? and do the, the, the uh, recap. Until I, I, I get an invite. But uh, uh, the thing that I mentioned is now you're looking at, at, at three crucial games, right? You got the Pauk, which gives you the millions. <laughs> wrong, wrong lineup decision. You got the, the game against Bovista, as you mentioned, with something, you know, you, it wasn't going to give you the championships, but ha but having that eight-point cushion to your direct opponent of Porto is it, was important, was important. Again, you already admitted that he made a mistake. Now, you got a game against Praga where now you're, you're trailing Sporting, and understandable that Sporting season usually only runs through uh, December, But understanding that this is a game and you got a, a direct opponent that if you lose to, will tie you in the table. And again, the... the at, your the home, at your home, and has a tiebreaker. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and if it comes the lineup that you pick is, again, uh, asinine, as you, as you said. Um, so I, I, I have to... At this point, I got a question. And, and certainly, if we knew, and I, I said this already last week, if we understood what JJ was going to bring to this Benfica team, certainly the accountability that we have understanding how much money we spent on him and understanding what he was going to bring to this team. It is now three separate occasions where he bungles up the lineup and the results were there and he came to bite him in the ass. I don't understand how somebody starts this game. Pizzi, well, it, maybe Pizzi's got some some pictures of JJ somewhere, uh, but certainly Samadis is. I don't, I just don't understand, especially with Gabriel having had rested against Rangers. <laughs> and look, you mentioned this before, and I'll mention it now. Uh, uh, anytime if he plays against an adequate coach, a coaching staff that does their due diligence and and, and scouting and, and and understanding what Benfica is gonna, the challenges Benfica is gonna present um they, they caused this trouble they caused this problems and, and it happened here um i thought braga to their credit they understood that jj likes to press jj likes to press high and, and for the first time in uh, quite a while alfredo i've seen i've seen the minnows play against the big teams in europe and they don't even do this but i saw braga make a concerted effort to just boot the ball out of their own end They they they're getting it out of our third because they understood Benfica with their high press. A lot of the goals are created because yeah. of turnovers in their own third, and Benfica converts those into scoring opportunities, and a lot of times scores goals off of those. Uh, they did a concerted effort to get the ball out of there, and obviously went on the third goal. I mean, we'll get to that in a minute, but that was plain and simple. Just boom, just booted up the field, and then obviously that 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 Sunday yeah. league, not the Sunday league mistake. But again, they were able to adapt. To JJ, they knew what they were expecting from Benfica, and they played their game to perfection in the first half, um, and even so early on in the second half. Now, you want to get into a positive once again, as I mentioned before, um, JJ identified the problems. He did. He fixed it. He corrected it. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it just, you know, it, obviously, it was a little bit too late, but he did. Yeah. Upgrade. And again, but the team had that same spirit that we saw in the Rangers game, right? 
Never say die. Uh, they had two wonderful opportunities to level the score. You know, it, it just things didn't go their way. But again, he identified it. So credit to him. But again, it was too late. He had bundled it, as yeah. you said before, um, and, and he left it too late for his team. But here, here's the 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 problem that I that I have with that, and I think Rui Vitori used to do this a lot, um, where. When we're looking how the lineup set up, the, the starting 11, and we're said, well, why is this guy playing instead of him? The logical will say this guy should be playing. And the changes that J.J. makes at the half are the exact changes or, or the the lineup that he should have had yeah, to start. It. But that's what I mean. But he corrected. He corrected. He corrected. He corrected. Yeah. But, if, if you, but if you don't have five subs, all right, you're burning three subs on the fact that you should have already had these guys playing. Gabriel comes in. Seferovic comes in for a tired Everton. Then you got Grimaldo that comes in in the 50th minute. Granted, we're already down 2 nothing for Tavares. But see, that's... You got Tarab coming in for Pizzi. I don't mean to cut you off. I, I, for those of you listening, you know, I do that often. But Alfredo, you mentioned in the, in, in, in the Rangers game, if Tarap could play 45 minutes, why didn't he start? See, I, that one I was – this one's the one I don't understand. Because if he could play 40 minutes, 40-plus minutes extra time, right, he could have started this game. Nun Tavares was absolutely atrocious, right? Uh, defending – I mean, it was, this, was, this was one of those games, again, with the Matador defense – Right, the first goal, Vlaco Dimos. I think it was Vlaco Dimos. Is that remember. is that your term, the Matador defense? Is that Matador, something like Ole? You know, where they wave the <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Can, red thing, the pink nowadays. Ole Otoiru, Ole Matador. Like you know, they don't. Is that is that yours stuff. though? Is that yours or did you did you nick that off of somebody? Uh, it's 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 an American term of of like that Ole defense. That like I'm here acting <laughs> like I'm defending, but I'm not Sotoki waving the linsol. Hey, yeah. hey, it's kind of like the defending on, on on the guy that everybody swears the plays with his heart on his sleeve and, and Andreas Samaris on that first goal. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's Otamendi or Vlacodim. It's not his case, but they basically it's it, it's a goal kick and, and and they boot the ball into no man's land, which is um, guys, anyone that's that's played football, that's played <laughs> soccer in, in their life, especially if you're a defender. Right. First rule you learn is when in doubt, you kick it out. That's number one. And number two, when you do clear the ball, never clear it into the middle. You always clear it to the wings, clear it to the outside. Never play the ball into the middle. And what happens on that ball? Benfica plays the ball right into to, to the to, 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 to the middle of the field, right? Right around the circle. Um, and Braga gets possession of the ball. Now you have your two center backs who are all the way by themselves in the back. You got Samadis trying to cover in the middle. Tavares is just you know, strutting along, watching the game, chilling. Before you know it, the ball is on the player that Samadis is supposed to be covering. Samadis, instead of, again, the big tough guy that always gives it his all, instead of putting a, his body in, instead of putting a leg in it, no, Matador Diva, ole! And, 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 and credit to your Madeiros. My man looked like, uh, I forget the guy's name, but one of them one of them slalom guys for the United States in the Olympics. Tucks it around everybody. And it was just... Atrocious defending, atrocious yeah. defending. No, it was, atrocious uh, mistakes. Because as I mentioned before, first thing you learn is you never play the ball into the middle, never clear it into the middle. And that's exactly what they did. Benfica just made stupid mistake after stupid mistake after stupid mistake, and and then you 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 wonder, you wonder why you're down. And now it, it goes back to me defending JJ. What's happening with this team is it, it leads me to believe. And again, I'm not giving him a pass because I thought this game was on him, but it, it, it does really lead me to believe that there is something behind what he says when, bro, I don't have time to train because these are mistakes that you don't see from JJ teams. 
Yeah, that's why I, I think that's very uncharacteristic of uh, of JJ's teams to to be able to allow that many goals. Of, of course, the first goal comes off of uh, of uh, a build up in the back. Otamendi hits the ball in the middle. There's a turnover. Braga comes down. Uh, there's a, a there's a, a not a numerical, but it's it's an even uh, numbers of defenders, and and I think that Yuri does uh, a little swallow and puts it away. The the second uh, goal. I'm trying to remember the second goal. Second goal is um, a ball played to the left. Ball played to the left. Tavares takes off with the with the striker. Gabriel was in the field at that time for somebody. Oh yeah, that's right. Lally got and PZ is just. Epa, I, I, I look. I'm one of the lucky people that's able to get. PZ's watching the Torada. PZ's watching. PZ's watching. I, I forget the, the 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 center mid from Braga gets the ball. Plays a beautiful ball. Threads the needle between Vertonghen, between Otamendi, who steps up to try to pressure. And then, of course, Gilberto, another guy. I think he paid the same, you know, he got the same ticket as StubHub that that that, P, that PZ did. Watching and, and fantastic job by the Braga player. Gets the ball between yeah. the defense, behind the defenders, tucks it away opposite post. Before you know it, it's 2 nothing, and, and you're just scratching your head. You're scratching your head. What the hell just happened? Uh, you thought going into the half, J.J. made some substitutions. J.J. was going to correct some of his de- defensive liabilities. And, and, and once again, you get caught napping. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, and then and the third goal is is one of those as Shannon was mentioning that Braga was doing, a guy just hoofed the, up the field, uh, and the ball bounces. I think that uh, Otamendi, not, not, not I think I saw Otamendi signals to Vlakodimus to come out, out and uh, get that ball. Vlakodimus hesitates, lets the ball bounce, and then it gets to a point where he can't get the ball. The first bounce, but he can't let that ball bounce a second time. Yeah, the second he time. Take yeah. it and then he try to. He's got to get to that ball and he's got to do everything he can, with the exception of using his hands, to get some contact on the ball. Don't let that ball bounce a second time. Once you allow that ball to bounce a second time, it allows the Braga striker enough time to come in and make a challenge for that play. And that's exactly what he did. He won the 50-50 ball, and then it was easy peasy, baby. Him by it, himself for the goal, yeah. just took it away, three nothing lead, and. Everybody's looking around. What I mean, luckily there was no fans because I think I think things would have gotten ugly. Yeah, it, 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 look, it, it's comical, and and we're looking at two guys. One is a, a national team keeper, and one is a is a national team center back. So c- certainly, uh, the the blame probably falls more on Vlako Dimas, but it it has to be shared in in some part by Otamendi also. Uh, but I, what I wanted to to ask you, and and I, I had this. Uh, I had this question for the end of the recap, but I'll ask you now. Uh, there's a lot of outcry in terms of uh, Otamendi. Uh, on our time added on, we discussed uh, him being appointed as one of the captains. There's a lot of outcry in, from the fan base in terms of is Otamendi good enough for this for this team, or is Otamendi a mole in disguise uh, to help Porto? I don't subscribe to that second one, but certainly. We're we're looking at a guy that's definitely past his prime. Doesn't have the speed that he had before. Has always been a guy that perhaps is not too disciplined in terms of the way he defends. And it was something that JJ mentioned before he came. Otamendi is used to playing with uh, with Pep Guardiola, but when he comes to my team, he's got to learn how to play defensively the way I want him. So I don't know if that's still being uh, done, if that's something, if it's a process that's still being assimilated, or if he's just a guy that just wild, that he can't really be dominated. But certainly, Christian, what do you make of 
the fact that people are, are, are crying foul about uh, Otamendi, is he good to play in this team or not? I don't subscribe to any of that, man. At the end of the day, Otamendi is a professional footballer, and he's going to play for whoever he's paying. Look, he might very well, deep down inside, still have his love and his feels for Porto, but at the end of the day, he's representing Benfica. He's the defending the Benfica colors. You've seen players go from Benfica to Porto, Porto to Benfica, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Real Madrid to Barcelona, River, played the Boca, Boca to River. Guys are professionals, and I don't think this guy wants to make a clown out of himself at the end of the day. He still wants to represent himself at the international level, represent Argentina, and if he's just out there making an ass out of himself, th that wagon is going to sell. So, I think he's stuck in a rut. I think obviously all the negativity around his 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 uh, you know signature, uh, his acquisition. I think that still maybe hasn't left the room. And I think he, you know when you're in a situation like that, that everything you do, uh, it just seems to go south on you. Nothing is 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 going right. It it, it especially with a player of his name and with all the history, as you mentioned before, everything just gets magnified. Everything is, you know, and, and it just looks worse than what it really is. Now, unfortunately for him, right, it, it, things aren't going to change anytime soon. Look, he's going to need to be near perfect. Vertonghen is another player that's, that's that, you know, a lot of people have questioned whether he's got the ability, he's got the, not the ability, but the speed to compete at this level. He is 33 years old as well. I think he's slower than, than, than Otamendi. He's going to get a pass because he didn't come in here with all the hatred that, that Otamendi did. So it's real easy to point at Otamendi. But the fact of the matter is this, guys, if you're going to blame someone because of, of, of Otamendi's performances, I mean, I think the guy, and I can't believe I'm saying the guy you got to blame is JJ. I mean, you look at this team in any given Sunday or Thursday, this team is realistically defending with two guys because, you know, you're two outside. I don't give a crap if it's Grimaldo or if it's Nun Tavares. They're not defending. I mean, one's worse than the other. I, I give you that, but they're not defending. Gilberto, come on, dude. Is he defending? Diogo Gonçalves, you can't really kill him because the kid's never played defense in his life. He's adapting. You're playing with the Samaris of the world, the pieces of the world, the, the, the Straps of the world, the Gabriels of the world. There is no defensive center mid. Rafa's not defending. Everton's not defending. So realistically, you got two guys defending against your opposition, which is Otamendi and Vertonghen. And I don't care for Sergio Ramos or Virgil van Dijk, 2v6, v7. They're always going to wind up losing. The team is just not doing a good job as defending as a block and attacking as a block. But obviously, when you don't defend as a team, it's going to show more than when you're not attacking as a team. Because when you allow the goals that Benfica has allowed, right, it's going to receive much of the negative press. And so I, I think Otamendi is, is just, look, right now, he's stuck in a rut. Otamendi, Vertonghen, Todibo, whoever it is, I don't care who you put in there. The whole team as a whole needs to do a better job defending because these guys are going to struggle as long as it's going to be two versus five, two versus seven. I, I, at that point, what else are these guys supposed to do? And Otamendi, say what you want. The guy wears his heart on his sleeve. He tries the very best, but everything is is, is being under, you know, being looked with under the microscope because of, of who he is, and it's going to look worse than what it is. If Benfica was able to pull out these victories, and he still still have some of these mistakes, and it seems like mistakes. But again, when when things are going bad, man, the ball is gonna find you. Okay, the ball is always gonna find you when you're having a bad night. And he hasn't had the best of nights, but it, it, it's it's just like he needs and the team needs to surround him and needs to support him for him to get out of this rut. And they do the they need to do a better job for one another in order to cover everyone's weaknesses. Because right now, say what you want, when you're looking at the two center backs that Benfica are playing on a day to day basis. 
you could get real harsh here. Then you know, because you know, Benfica bought the names, but they might not be who's best suited to play for this club right now because at the end of the day, it is two 33 year old center backs. Yeah. So uh, Benfica was able to uh, claw back two games, the first one by uh, Seferovic and the second one also by Seferovic. And say what you will, the ugly uh, duckling Seferovic, our worst uh, attacker, and certainly is the guy that 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 has been putting the ball in the back of the net. And uh, certainly he could have almost had the, a third one had he not been offside. But, but oh, certainly... he had the fantastic diving header. Yeah, uh, diving fan- header, yeah, that the goalie and then, saved. And then... And then... Luca I, th- I think that, had yeah, that I, one opportunity. He scores that. He pulls it. To, I, yeah. I think at the time would have been two two. Um, I yeah. think he still has plenty of time to make a nice comeback. As I said, man, look again. Some positives to take back again with that never say die attitude. JJ rectified his mistakes, but you obviously don't want to hear it because we should never been in that predicament in the first place. Yeah, I look and um, I I think that. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Braga. I thought that that Braga w- was was really good, uh, as expected for a team on the Carvalhal, right? Because Carvalhal has had experience. He's, he's coached in, in England. He's coached here and there. Uh, he had a good Riwav team also last year. Uh, but certainly, don't want to take anything away from Braga. But I think that for what Befica did in the last 15 minutes, perhaps a tie was probably uh, the the more fair result, if you will. And I wouldn't be upset. Um, and I don't think Braga would have been upset if, if Benfica uh, ties that uh, game. Certainly the Walshmit, as you mentioned, uh, the diving header by Seferovic, those were v- really clear opportunities that were Benfica could have tied the game and, and salvaged the point, but they didn't. Um, now JJ's got a lot of, uh, a lot of, work to do in terms of what he's going to do going forward. Do you do you think he's gonna change the setup on this team? Is is he gonna go to a third defender? Because Todibo has been hurt, so he hasn't really been available. But certainly, if you want to go to a three man system, you still got Ferro. That despite being being young and JJ not really subscribing to young players in his defense. Is a guy that but could come in. Even younger. <laughs> but, you look but, at it that way, thought he was even younger. Yeah, but you got you also got Weigel that could play in the back. Uh, and when you look at Todibu and you look at Weigel, you got guys that have feet that could play out of the back with the ball, that could pick out a pass. And and granted that I haven't seen Todibu, but I'm just going by what you're what you're telling me from what you know from Todibu. But certainly, does JJ go to a three center back system? I hope he does, but I don't think he does because what makes JJ great is the same thing that makes him terrible. <laughs> or not, or I don't want to say terrible, but that, that makes him not so good, all right? Which is his stubbornness. The guy's going to die. He's going to go down, you know, slinging it. He's going to die with his, with his choices. He's going to die with, with his weapons. That That's who he is. You know, I, I don't see a guy changing unless he really has to adapt because of injuries or because he's forced to. Now, I do hope that he goes to a 3-4-3 or even a 3-5-2 at some point, or even if you really want to change things up because of the defensive liabilities, you could always go to a 4-2-3-1. Uh, Darwin could absolutely play up top by himself. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Um, but again, that's going to take a lot of other guys, pretty boys out of the lineup, and we'll see what happens. But it, it just, look, man, I was sitting there, Alfredo, after the game ended on Sunday. And, and, and I'm like a hot air balloon, right? When it's been deflated, just laying on the floor, nothing, nothing left in me, right? 
and 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 I'm just sitting there thinking to myself about what's happened to 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 not just this game, not just this season, but what's happened to Benfica, right? And I have all these crazy thoughts run into my head, and then I, you know I actually tweeted some stuff out, but then I said, man, let me let me let me go to sleep on this. I don't really want to think about this much because I got to talk about it on Tuesday, and so I'll, I'll save some of my comments for Tuesday. And then I went on Monday to listen to our good friends at Bifika FM. And, and I'm shocked, shocked that my boy Nuno Picado was demoted. I think uh, due to Benfica's defensive liabilities, I think Picado is the one that's being punished for it. And, and, and my boy Antonio Pita, shout out to Pita, was driving the bus on Monday in the Benfica FM and he was taking a lead. And Picado was kind of taking a back seat, which we're not accustomed to seeing. And when it finally came to Picado's thoughts on the game, Picado went off on a little rant. And, and, I, and, and, and it's as if... He was reading my mind. It's as if we, we we had conversated. We had we had this this long dragged out conversation of of what's happened to Benfica in recent times because he said pretty much word for word what I said, which is regardless of who you bring in, regardless of how much money you spend, right? This team is just stuck in the mud. It's as if there's something that's holding it back. And and as he said very well, the one common denominator we all know who that is. And it's just like I, I, I'll, I'll take it a little step further. I mean, to me, it's man. I, 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 at times, I do. I don't want to believe in it at times because I've done some, some. You know, you know, I've, I've done my share of things, but like karma. It's as if this team is is paying for it. You know, karma is a bitch. And no matter who who you who you bring in, because all of a sudden, JJ is not a bad coach, guys. You might not like him. You might not like some of his decision making. I'm not happy with what he's done lately. But the guy didn't become a bad coach overnight. Okay? These players, Otamendi, is not a player that's come from being a starter at Manchester City, right? Comes to Benfica, still starting in Argentina, and all of a sudden forgets how to play football. All right? It's just it, it just too many negative things to going on as a coincidence. It is just like, to me, it's like, it's definitely got to be some type of karma that's surrounding this team. There is a cloud, a dark, dark cloud above us right now. And, it, and no matter who comes in, you can bring in Pep Guardiola. I don't give a crap who you bring in. It's just, I feel like brighter days are ahead. As a Benfica, you always, as a Benfica used to, you always believe and you always hope and you, you know, things can get out of the fiend. Brighter days are ahead. I'm afraid I'm just not sure if, if 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 you know if they're on the horizon for the next couple of weeks. You know when you're looking at the at the weather at the weather app. You know it's it's very concerning, man. Because I, when, I, I adore I adore JJ. But when you say there there's a cloud, uh, are you talking about some of the 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 stuff off the field that Benfica is, is accused Absolutely. of? Yes. That now this is the the karma that we're getting. Absolutely, man. And look, man, I, I don't want to I don't want to go that way. I don't want to take it in that direction. But, man, I mean, look, we use this we use this term in, 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 in like, you know, in our own communities. Right. When there's smoke, there's fire. And it's just we don't want to believe in it. And I, and I hope that it's it's absolutely fake. But you start looking at all the noise outside. You start looking at the results. You start looking at no matter what. I mean, it, Benfica just can't get one right lately. You just can't. And again, I'm still a JJ believer. <laughs> he called me crazy. I'm still drinking a Kool-Aid, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I I agree with, with you. Uh, in the same way that Lash just didn't stop or, or or lost all his ability in train in coaching, JJ hasn't lost his either. Um, and I don't think anybody anybody's gonna. 
But Alfredo, Lodge, Lodge, we had a very small sample size. Yeah. Right? Not saying you're wrong, no, but- not saying that he's not worth it, but it was a very small sample size. We're talking about a coach that's got 10 years at least at the very minimum of a sample. Right. Coach that done some fantastic things. You want to discredit it because it's Libertadores. And it is what it is. They haven't done that in 41 years or whatever it was. His replacement got fired, got, got the can, got the boot within a couple of months. He's done a lot of good. Even at Benfica, he's done a lot of good. His teams, you saw Benfica's playing well. They played, they're, they're fun to watch. And just now you have players that are worth millions of dollars that seem like they, yeah. it's just, it's too many negatives, man. It's too much BS going on. Uh, and it sucks to see. It really does suck to see because you try to be critical as, as you want to be. And and it's not going to change things, unfortunately. Um, and you just have to support it, man. You really do. You have to support it. Um, I, <laughs> I'm the last guy that should be saying that because for years I've been coming on here and shitting on everybody. But at this point, man, like it just—it's it, very frustrating to to, to watch to, to witness this. I know, yeah, I, look, only time will will tell. And and look, we don't want to come on here and be uh, completely negative about it. But but certainly, there's there's things that just jump out that are so obvious that you have to to mention. Uh, I think that if you want to remain about positive about the, what's been going on with the season, is that we're. We're very early into the season. We're still into all our competitions. Uh, we are still uh, the masters of our faith. Um, we're we're in good standing in Europa League. We got Tassa Tassa Portugal coming up against Paris, which should be an easy an easy match on the twenty first. That's a game to start somebody's. That's a game to start somebody. And look, and look, start somebody's. Start Ferro. I still think I still think our destinies are on our hands, and I still think come May we're going to be out there singing. Yeah. Right. But 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 the only thing that's upsetting me is my claim that by Natal, it's a it's back to back years, man, that I can't make that claim. Yeah. No. Look, uh, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of time and in, in, in games uh, to to be played. So we have to continue to be positive and, and and think that yes, this is a team that's still growing, and despite uh, JJ's abilities. Uh, when you work with new players, sometimes those results don't come right away. But certainly going on that tear to start the season after the Pauk game gave all the Befiquistas, myself included, a very high dose of confidence. Uh, and I'm still confident that we're, we're going to be able to uh, go to the Marques uh, if the government will allow it, of course. But, <laughs> but certainly uh, uh, I am confident that this team uh, will do well. Um, because I have already seen things from this team that uh, give me a, a positive outlook. Uh, but certainly right now, it's something that we need to to, to shake. Uh, I do understand the fact that if you play twice uh, twice a week, it doesn't give you a lot of time to uh, train and work on things because you're using one day to recuperate and the next day to prepare for the next uh, match. Uh, but certainly, uh, it, I remain positive about the season and certainly... We are behind uh, Sporting, uh, but as uh, as uh, João Paulo likes to say on the Benfica Independence, Sporting are like uh, dolphins. Uh, they come out of the water. They come out of the water. They come up to the surface. They do a couple of clowning things around, and then they go down, and then you'll never see them again for the rest of the season. But certainly, you know, uh, I have to give kudos to uh, Amurin. Uh, about the the work that he's doing over there with uh, with a lot of young kids. So we'll just have to see. But I think that this is going to be a very tight race. Four good candidates uh, for this championship. 
right now, this early in the season. So I don't know what happens after Christmas. As you mentioned, Alfredo, the good thing is to be going through these struggles late, uh, early in the season as opposed to late in the season like we did last. Last year was the reverse. We we're phenomenal all the way through December, and then the wheel started spinning. And, and, and at the end, when it came down to the to the to the to the you know money games as you like to call them, we were nowhere to be found. So at least right now we're going through these struggles. Um, but you know, as I've told you many times, and JJ, I trust and I do believe that he'll turn this team around and have them on the right path. Yep, there you go. That's all we got for you uh, this week. You could uh, find us uh, on Twitter at Bifica Podcast and all the social media. Cristiano uh, likes to engage some of you at 10CO10 is where you can find them on uh, on Twitter uh, and all that uh, other good stuff. Dave wasn't here today. At 87DO87 is where Dave is on Twitter. I don't think he's too active, uh, but you could uh, ask him for some stats. He's always good. Miss you, Primo. Get back here soon, yep. buddy. That's all we got. Next week, we'll be taking off um, due to international break. While we're off, don't forget to uh, check out the Seleção podcast with uh, Mr. Danny Pinto. Uh, he always he does a, a great job with those national team podcasts. <laughs> Certainly, uh, he's a Benfica, so I got to give him kudos. Um, so he's doing a, a great job. Don't forget to check those guys uh, out. And that's all we got for this week. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Take care, everyone.